When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry, I'll hang up and listen, I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome, everybody, to another installment of I'll Hang Up and Listen. Uh, for once, I'm not riding solo on this. Uh, I don't know what type of train it is to call tonight, but uh, I got Producer Steve by my, Producer Steve by my side to talk about this 7-4 to four loss by the Buffalo Sabres on Hockey Fights Camp tonight. Before we get into that, I definitely just want to recognize all those people that are currently fighting their battle uh, with cancer and those who have lost their battle with cancer. Um, I tweeted earlier uh, at the beginning of the game. I have, uh, you know, my, my heart is heavy, uh, you know, having lost my mom when I was 21 years old uh, to cancer. Uh, you know, it's uh, never an easy thing. Even today, 12, 13 you know, years later, it's uh, always been difficult. And uh, it never, it, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say it gets easier, but you just kind of learn to uh, kind of deal with the pain, uh, not, not to bring the, the mood down or anything it is, but definitely want to recognize those people that are out there fighting their battles still. And it's always nice to see the turnout for Hockey Fights Cancer Night and what the players do and who they're fighting for and the fans who they're fighting for and just hear the, the, the stories of survival and even the stories of loss. You know, you know they're, they're very touching and just uh, hearing that uh, how much some of these people that, you know, you know, that have passed on were loved and beloved by friends and family, you know, during the broadcast, you know, I always appreciate it. Uh, but Steve, uh, again, not, not a great night for the Buffalo Sabres. That's a, that's a way of putting it. Yeah. Uh, these are the kinds of nights that, uh, before the season began, you were kind of expecting, you know, uh, before, before Craig Anderson showed us that, uh, when you've played that position for about 20 years, you get pretty good at it. Even if you're old, uh, And everything that we had, a lack of Eichel, uh, you know, this getting pumped like this was kind of what we expected more nights than not. Um, it doesn't hurt quite as bad as that five zip just slaughter that we suffered against the Flames, but mm-hmm. still doesn't feel great, especially to have uh, closed the gap a little bit and then just get buried right down all over again. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, you kept fighting back, inching back, and then you have, you know, defensive zone breakdowns, offensive zone breakdowns, neutral zone breakdowns, just not go your way um, all night. And one of the things that really stuck out to me, I guess, in the Sabres Twitter land is 
the amount of heat that, uh, you know, number 26 took tonight. And some of it rightfully so, for sure. Uh, that second goal was definitely on him. He made a bad play on the wall uh, and then, you know, got beat and out-muscled on the way back. Um, I don't think that was a lack of effort, personally. You know, people say he's not trying. Like, no, I don't think it had anything to do with him not trying. I could tell me that Ross was telling a guy who we all see how hard he works, especially in the offseason, is just going to give up on a play, especially when said play was caused by him. If I'm him, I'm working my ass off to get back. I don't think it was a lack of effort. He just got, you know, out-muscled and, you know, almost took a penalty and then puck ended up in the back of the net. But the first goal wasn't on him, personally. If you watch the replay, he clearly was tripped behind the net. I mean, it was a bad, a, a big mistake on the referee's part to not call that and end up in the back of our net. Um, and then, obviously, uh, Yoki Haru and Hag didn't have a good night. Uh, they were on for, I think, at least three goals against. And then... Um, just overall, man, it wasn't a complete 60-minute effort from the entire team. Uh, you know, you have Brett Murray getting his first goal of his NHL career, second point of his career, and then um, Jeff Skinner having a nice night. But, I mean, you can't really look at any single player uh, tonight and say, oh, they had a great game from start to finish. Yeah, there were no truly exceptional performances, but the people that you see perform well night in and night out, they're continuing to do what they do. You know, I mean, most notably are the players like Dylan Cousins. You know, they're always trying to contribute something. They're always trying to move the play forward in some way, shape, or form. Uh, Asplund, you know, a little a little less uh, flashy with uh, some different line mates these days. But, uh, you know, he's still putting in the work, the kind of stuff that makes him the player that we are all, you know, becoming a big fan of and, uh, you know. Surprisingly, you know, players like Kyle Oposo, you know, like he's not he's not deviating from his game. Sure, like everybody's making some mistakes out there. No, he's playing perfect, but you know, and and I think that that's the thing that we got to remember. Like, no one had any high hopes going into this season that this was going to be a team that was going to be a contender in any capacity. Like, the goal is to just not be dead last again under the Donnie Meatball system. And right now, I think we're 25th out of 32nd, uh, you know. So we're marginally above that threshold of not being in the bottom five. Uh, so, you know, again, nothing we're, nothing we're going to do is going to make the headlines this year. But the stuff that is happening that's, you know, worth being happy about, it, you know, it's not flashy. It's not, it's not game-breaking Connor McDavid scoring while covered by four people kind of stuff. But... It's better hockey than this club has been playing in the past several years, and that's the kind of stuff you gotta, you know, if you're watching the game instead of just watching the watching for the dang it's. That's the kind of stuff that's gonna make you like optimistic for what's coming down the pipeline because the core that's here now is improving, objectively improving. Yeah, I don't care which stat, which you know, macro or micro stats you're looking at, things are better than they were. I couldn't agree more. Um, I, you know, and I, like I said, I don't like to get into debates with the analytics side of things. Like, you know, I know a little bit about analytics. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know a lot about analytics, but I mean, there are things also that analytics can't tell you. Um, there are things that, uh, you know, as good as things might look down on paper, um, when you look at this roster and you look at this team, there's a huge lack of talent. There just is. There, there just is. I mean, granted, Tage Thompson's having an unbelievable start to his season. You know, uh, and like you said, Ross Aslan's had a nice season. But there are things, that, that, you know, 
when there are things that separate this roster from Tampa's roster, clearly, from Boston's roster, clearly, from you know, you know, uh, Colorado's roster, from Vegas's roster, and that's just elite talent which you don't have. You know, you hope that the roster Stalin develops into. Uh, he's people forget he's just turned twenty two years old. He's barely old enough to drink. And, you know, he's still learning. You know what I mean? He was brought into the league at 18 years old on a really, really bad team. He's had how many coaches already? Three? He's on his mm-hmm. third third coach in his fourth year or fifth year or whatever. I think it's in his fourth season. Like, you know, it, 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 you, it's so difficult to really sustain success, not just as a player, but as a team, you know, you know as a unit. You know, when you have turnover at at those, like, roles. And, you know, you look at a guy like Karasas Dahlin, and he's still, you know, I don't want to say he's still raw. I mean, there's a lot more to be desired. from. I, I'll be the first to admit, man, he did not have a great night tonight. He didn't. Um, but you see the flashes of greatness in him. And when you look up at this roster, you don't have a fucking, I'm sorry, a, a Pasternak. You don't have a Stamkos or a Kucherov or a Mark Stone or just, you know, name any player, a Braden Point, like uh, Alexander Ovechkin, a Sidney Crosby, a Begeni Malkin. You don't have any of those guys on this team. There's none. You have none. Like, like well, the closest thing you had to him, you shipped him off a few weeks ago to Vegas for 60% on the, 60 cents on the dollar. You don't have those guys. You don't. You have a team that you started the season off with the expectation to probably be in the thick of it for Shane Wright, the Shane Wright lottery, you probably still are right in the thick of it. You know what I mean? Like, like you, you you've lost three. I think you've only won three of the last fifteen. Like now you're starting to look like the team you were supposed to be, but you're competitive. You are you're you, you keep yourselves self in games. I've said it a hundred times. This team is going to grind out loser points. They did it the other night. They ground out. They ground out a few a, a loser point the other night. Like, like I, I'm sorry. That's just what this team is. Look at the roster. Like, look at the roster. I'm sorry. As nice of a story as Tage Thompson is, he is not an elite hockey player. He's just not. I love Tage Thompson. I love what he's done this year. And this is nothing against Tage Thompson. He's not that guy. Once you have those players in in place, he is going to look phenomenal on your second line. Like. You don't have any first line players on this team right now. You just don't. Uh, like, agreed right here from Brooke. Guys, they're at least fun to watch most of the time now. Quinn Paterka, so many other young players in Rochester are going to be beasts when they're brought up to the NHL. I agree. That's why they're down there, so they can develop things we haven't done for a decade. Let players develop at a lower level of hockey, whether it be the AHL or the OHL, whether you let them stay in college. Like, you know, you see guys start off so far behind their development, you force them into situations that they're not ready for in the beginning. That's how you end up here in another rebuild. That's why we're in the situation we're in. That's why when you look at your roster, you don't have a Pasternak. You don't have a Braden Point. You don't have a Kucherov. You don't have a Stamkos. You don't have a Mark Stone. You don't have a Jack Eichel anymore. Like, I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. You don't have a Barkoff. Like, and you, you sit there and you boo these players because they're not winning? You didn't expect them to win from the start. They Nobody. Not be there good. isn't a single person. I am sorry, and I was actually optimistic to start of the season, but there is no way in hell anybody, including myself, could have predicted that they would have started the way they did. Nobody. 
You had 40-year-old Craig Anderson in that. We were we were considered to be historically, we were predicting historically worse than what we were in the tank year. Like, come on, guys, let's be real. Let's be real. You're gonna boo this team? Come on. Like, stop it. They've been entertaining to watch for the first time in five years. You're not seeing a team just lay down on their back and just give up. Be a pre- I'm appreciative of that. I want to build off that. But I'm certainly like going to sit here and boo the players. That is so fucking stupid. So stupid. Like, it's, uh... Could not agree more. You know, that's that's some real punching down that you're doing if you're booing this franchise. Like, all the $750,000 a year contracts are doing all the booing yes! that you ever could. <laughs> Two out of two out of three players on this team are a fucking rental, and the few people that are worth keeping around, with the exception of you know that one contract that's entirely too long and entirely too much money. But Botterill made that deal, or else he would have been run out of town because Jeff Skinner was the first good thing to happen in a minute. So contextual, contextually, I understand why that deal was made. I still don't agree with it. It shouldn't be that long, and it should not cost that much fucking money. But I can understand what position that dude was in when he signed that deal. But that said, the people that are here that, you know, that are part of the Kevin Adams, we want players who want to be here, they're on three-year deals. Rasmus Dahlin, three-year deal. Casey Middlestad, three-year deal. Olofsson, three-year deal. Everyone's just getting three-year deals. No one's getting signed for term right now. Because I, I don't even think from the top down every, people know exactly what this team is going to be. I'm glad Donnie's got a vision. But, you know, two out of three players are just here for a year. Uh, we'll see how the year goes. We'll see what happens. Yeah, Brooke here, Granada is probably the best coach they've had so far. I wish they would have brought Chris Taylor up to Buffalo instead of Ferdinand him or Rochester since he coached so many guys in a roster. But he's in New Jersey now, obviously, with Lindy Roth. Uh, as an assistant, not a head coach, just clarifying. I agree. It would have been nice to see Chris Taylor retained and not let go, but, I mean, you know, it is what it is. Seth Dappert's obviously doing a really good job down in Rochester. Um, I agree. I agree, though. It would have been nice to keep uh, Chris Taylor around. Uh, I didn't mean to cut you off there, Steve. I'm sorry. No, nah, it's okay. Uh, but, yeah, back, back to the main point, you know, things – no one expected this team to be any good but they are getting better. It's yes. small steps, little little victories, not not those moral victories that Ralph Kruger was so stoked about, but, you know, things are objectively better. Like, tonight is the third multi-point game for Jeff Skinner in, Jesus Christ, I don't know how long. The first one that came was, like, the first one since, like, I think, like, 2019 or something. And now he's had three just this season, multi-goal games. Let me clarify, not just multi-point, multi-goal games from a dude who's getting paid $9 million and, you know, pretty much from the moment that that deal was inked has not quite lived up to that price tag. But he's contributing. He's playing better. Tate Thompson, playing better. Victor Olofsson, infinitely more of a 200-foot player than he had ever been previously. Yes, and the numbers say that too, right? We'll talk analytics, the numbers say that Victor Olsen has been so much better 5 out of 5 under Colin, Brown than we've ever been. 
Colin Miller playing some of the de- best defensive hockey I'm in his, you, Colin, of his life. I didn't mean to cut you off. Colin Miller, if he keeps up the way he's playing, is going to garner you a, a first-round pick at the deadline. I'm telling you right now, this right, right, a right-handed shot defenseman, if you go into the deadline and Colin Miller is flirting with around 40 points, he's going to get you a first because teams that are looking to compete are always going to overpay for those for those positions. It's like you saw what Rasmus Ristolainen got as a right-handed shot. I think Colin Mills' <laughs> world's better than Rasmus Ristolainen. He, I mean, maybe, maybe we could fleece Philly again. You never know. We'll see. But, no, uh, I don't think yeah, they're that. No, no. I mean, I lived in Philly, so they're pretty stupid, but they're not that stupid. I don't mean that. We, I don't. I don't, I don't know. He gave up a first and a second and a player. Robert Hag, who turns out is a better defenseman than Rasmus Ristolainen. And it cost about uh, what, like yep. three million dollars less. Agreed. Yeah, yeah he's, he's been a lot. Yeah. He's been definitely, uh, you know, the best bang for your buck you get as compared to having fifty-five on this roster. Yeah, um, perf- perfectly competent third pairing defenseman, which is essentially numbers wise all Rasmus Ristolainen is. Yeah. And the problem here was we were playing him for the most ice time of any defenseman on the on the team and we were wondering why so many defensive fuck-ups were happening uh well you've you're putting the guy who's getting bodied by ghosts and soccer kicking in front of the net to get the puck out of the way and you're wondering why defensive breakdowns are taking place yeah and another comic from our book kruger messed up middle stats confidence by sending him down to Raj, although i think it helped him it hurt him at the same time, but he's been looking really good this season too. Yeah, you know, before the injury, uh, Middlestat definitely, uh, you know, was on the up and up. I even thought under Kruger, and you know, I, I'll give credit when a credit is due. I thought even under Kruger, you know, his 200 foot game improved a lot. Uh, you know, he was starting to look like more like a complete hockey player. Um, and I, I don't like giving Ralph Kruger credit for anything because I, you know, I, I I point the finger outside of just that the Bagul is at him the most for the downfall of the roster that we had and what it could have been. Um, you know, you know, you think what it could have been if you would have maybe just brought in Don Grout as your head coach from the start, because uh, you know, night and day difference between just effort and um, you know, schematically how they play uh, you know, as a team, as a full, as a five on five, as a five man unit, like it's just worlds of a difference. Um, another thing that came out today, uh, Jake DeBrusque is requested a trade from the Boston Bruins. I know there was some smoke around this uh, in the offseason. Uh, one insider said that uh, Ottawa was in on talks with him. They might think, believe that Ottawa would probably circle back. I would love Jake DeBrusque on this hockey team. I think he, you know, he's a type of guy that Don Granato would love to coach. I think he's an American boy, too. So, you know, right up his alley, you know, probably grew up. I, I, again, I'm not sure. Maybe you can look it up real quick, Steve, um, where he played before getting drafted. I want to say he was actually with the U.S. Uh, NTDP uh, in that. I, I want to say he was. So he might have actually already been coached by Granado in the past. But that would be a really nice addition. Uh, a, a left winger who I think I truly believe just does need a, a change in scenery. Yeah, it looks like uh... – in the WHL, he was playing for the Swift Current Broncos, followed by the Red Deer Rebels, and then, of course, season with the Providence Bruins, and then Boston for the past five seasons. I mean, you know, not, at least just raw numbers-wise, his one truly bad year was just last year, you know, 14 points in 41 games. Mm-hmm. I mean, he 
he's he's similar to Middlestead in that he may not be living up to that first round pick hype, you know, that kind of projection that, you know, they would have for them. But I believe he was also the third in a consecutive series of picks that Boston had in that uh, particular draft year. They had three first round picks back to back to back. And I believe Jake DeBrusque was either the second or third pick in all of that. So, uh, so that said, I, I, I think it's just, uh, you know, when you're a first round pick, there's just so much more pressure on you than anything, you know, case in point, someone like Rasmus Dahlin, big first round pick. Everyone wants him to be like the guy who can put the entire city of Buffalo on his shoulders alone. I mean, he's got the thighs for it, but that said, um, you know, he is, he is still just a kid. Jake DeBrusque. They're all still young. Yeah, the, most of them are still just kids. Jake DeBus, 25 years old, so there's definitely still upside. There could be aspects of his game that we may not have seen. But uh, I think if Boston's smart, they're trading him out of the East. You know, why uh, why, why, why do the Buffalo thing and uh, have to uh, play against your trade mistakes night in and night out in your own division, no less? Uh, I mean doesn't really apply to the Olmark thing because Olmark isn't getting all that many starts right now, which is a shame, you know. Mm-hmm. Despite everything that happened, I still liked Olmark as a player and as a person. So sad to see him go. But uh, that's but that said, I think of Boston Smart, they try to find a suitor uh, somewhere outside of the East so that way they don't deal with him quite as much mm-hmm. and uh, ideally wouldn't have to deal with him unless they made it to the cup final, which – as many say, you know, don't count Boston out till they're out. But I also don't think that this is going to be Boston's year either. I think there's too much, too much heating up for too many different teams. Like, you know, obviously the Panthers are hot. The the Hurricanes are hot. Tampa's going to keep Tampa, you know. And then the West, you know, the Flames are on a heater. The Oilers are playing great. Avalanche are finally starting to find their game. And they're just dominating everyone in their path right now. So <clears throat> I don't think it's going to be Boston's year. So they might be safe trading him in the East. I don't know if Buffalo is going to be that team to make the move for him. I, I, I mean, it would be nice just to have another established NHL player who might stick around for more than a year. Someone whose rights you can actually control because they will be an RFA instead of a UFA. But I don't know. It's uh, tough to say. And I think if they're trying to trade to the East, they might have a higher asking price just by virtue of having to deal with them more often on that, uh, on the other side of that trade rather than, you know, shipping them off to a team like Anaheim or something, because I feel like, you know, a Jake DeBrus could serve quite well on a team like Anaheim. That's growing, yep. looking to find a new identity, probably moving some older pieces of their I own. Actually like, I like the Anaheim prediction. I like that. It's possible. Like you know, that. everyone always says, you know, it's like, oh, Anaheim, oh, L.A. I, I, I think L.A. has got a few too many uh, fires to put out before they start thinking of, you know, big roster moves. Not that, you know, put it, taking 3.6 mil on your books is a huge roster move, but it's an RFA at the end of the year. That's a that's a conversation you got to have. That's, you know, you got to look down the path. And I think Anaheim has enough people that are going to be moving out particularly at the end of this season that picking up a guy like Jake Dabrowski who's 25 who has, you know, plenty of game left to play in the prime of his athletic career. Uh, I think that that could actually be a pretty good move for them. So 
Yeah, I, I, I definitely I like that uh, Anaheim uh, prediction a lot. I think that's a team he would make really fit well on. Uh, the focus wouldn't solely be on him. He's still young. It's a fast hockey team. Uh, and like you said, they're on the up and up, and a guy like him could really come into a, a positive situation. And, and, and you want know in a market in Anaheim where, you know, there's a little bit less pressure to, you know, to be good or great. You know, like you have – you have a lot of other sports franchises in the general vicinity of where you play uh, in California. So you're not exactly like focused on a lot. Um, Yeah. I think, I think Anaheim would be a good fit for him. I like I said, I would love him in Buffalo. Um, You know, I I don't rule it out as far as an interdivision trade. I think a guy like Jake DeBrusque isn't a guy, honestly, that you're going to look at down the line and be extremely scared of. Um, as I, even though I do think he's a really good hockey player, um, I, I could see them maybe taking the best deal on the table, no matter who makes the deal. But here's the thing. I don't think Buffalo is going to be even in the conversation and not because I don't have faith in Kevin Adams to do that. I just don't think they see themselves as a team right now that should be buying hockey players to get better right now. Um, yeah. you know, I love it. Don't get me wrong. I think he, he would help this hockey team. But I don't think they're really putting themselves in a situation where you might give up an R2 Roostalainen or Erasmus Asplund or draft picks uh, to acquire a guy like Jake DeBrus. Because I don't think Boston's looking strictly for draft picks. They're looking for players that are going to help their team this season while they're trying to make a run. Fun fun Eastern Conference uh, trade that could potentially go down closer to the deadline. What if Jake DeBrusque is acquired by the New York Islanders? That's, I mean, that's another good prediction. Um, I, I, I think that, uh, I think that with the, you know, the the left side of that team is a little bit on the soft side. Um, they got Beauvillier, Matt Martin, Richard Ponick, uh, Zach Parise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I, I, I think uh, I think uh, Jake DeBrusque thrown into the equation on that left side could uh, strengthen some of that offense on, on an Islanders team that could be uh, trying to make a push, you know, trying to, you know, maybe maybe a nice young 25-year-old inserted into the lineup could be exactly the, uh, the smelling salt they need to wake their asses up because they have not I, been on to the start that anyone thought they were going to have. Like, everyone kind of had New York as the East, as one of the Eastern like favorites, you know, Tampa, obviously you want that three Pete Florida's hot as hell, but yeah. One of the other names you always heard, it's like, Oh yeah, it's going to be the Islanders. The Islanders are definitely going to be like top one or two. There's no question. And now it's like, maybe it is a question. You know, we're a quarter of the way yeah. through. Yeah. And Lou Lamorello loves like making deals like that, especially, you know, either in season or at the deadline, whatever's going to make his team better. Even if it makes his team just 5% better. He's gonna do it because I think their time. They look at their 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 window and, and it's it's now. You know, you know yeah. they have the goaltending, they have the skill of place. Even though they're a boring as shit team to watch, um, I think their time is definitely now. And they're they're, they're they're a team that I think when you look at Jake DeBrusque and what he can do for your franchise, you know, even in just the short term, like we said uh, earlier, uh, he comes into his RFA status after this season. So whoever trades for him would retain his rights. Uh, you know that's, I think, even more leverage for Boston. You know what I mean? Like, it's not he's going into UFA status. It's RFA. So, you know, I think that, that provides a lot of leverage for uh, 
for a team like Boston in a trade and maybe even increase uh, the return, which is, again, why I don't think Buffalo would be in the conversation because it's probably going to cost them more than they would like uh, to give up. Yeah, I, I think, you know, Buffalo's name of the game for Buffalo's success is just, you know, fuck rentals, get picks. We Like, we know what this team's going to be. Like, the only reason we should be taking on any rentals or bad contracts is if we're also getting a pick, you know. Take a take a boy chuck, but get something else out of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we, we can't be – we can't just be picking up another Eric Stahl hoping that he's going to offer that veteran presence for somebody, but really he's just going to be even slower than the slowest version of Kyle Ocposo. We can't be doing that. This is yeah. a young team. This is a young team. So, uh, you know, if you need veteran presence, you need veteran presence that can still actually keep up with the pace of the game. So, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. I definitely don't think Buffalo is in the conversation for a player like Jake DeBrusk as much as he might thrive in that system. I um, think he would. But, I, yeah, I, th- I think it's more likely going to go to a West Coast team that's making a facelift like Anaheim or someone in the East who's trying to – cement their spot in the postseason that knows that this right now is the time to do it if we're ever going to get it done. I agree. Even up Florida. I'm not sure what Florida's cap situation looks like. I could see a Florida team like making that decision. I think he just I think he he really just adds another dynamic to that roster that they, they probably value uh, a team that looks so good uh right now. Uh even though you know the you know some of the controversy that surrounded, you know, the team in the beginning with Joe Quenville, you know, before he uh resigned. Um, you know, I you know, our next game, uh I believe is when, Steve now? The next game, if I'm not mistaken, isn't until Thursday, and it's actually against the Panthers. So Panthers, that should be fun. Oh, and that should it's be a lot of fun. And it's on the road. Yeah, so. yep, down, uh, go down to Florida. I'm assuming that if you're down in Florida, you might be playing Tampa as well. Um, I would almost assume. Surprisingly, no. They go up on Saturday to play the Hurricanes. Thank God. So. And uh, Hurricanes, another tough, always a tough uh, game against the Hurricanes too, man. So Very Panthers and well, Canes. Team. So that said, the only Buffalo win you should reasonably expect is uh, next Monday against the Pats. <laughs> You Just, hope so. You hope, hope Buffalo can pull one off Monday Night Football against the, the Patriots. I, uh, you, you know, but here's the thing, you know, with the Don Granado coach team right now, how they, you know, again, you'll never, they'll never not show up at the opening faceoff. They're always going to compete and they're always going to skate higher. They're always going to work their tails off. So you're, you are going to get games like you saw when we did play Tampa, we beat Tampa, we did beat Edmonton. That is going to happen. It's just, it's not sustainable. It's just not sustainable over 82 games. Like, you don't have the talent. Like, that's – I've said it a hundred times. Like, what's going to separate us from being a really good team is the fact that you don't have the elite talent and the guys who are going to go out there and put the team on their back, even for just a couple shifts, and, you know, help, you know, push you over that ledge of between winning – or that line of winning and losing. You don't have the Pasternak. You don't have – you know, again, I, I'm not going to keep going on the names of elite players in this league. It's not. Um, the McDavid's, you know, the the Drysdale's. You don't have those guys. Those guys, those guys can make crazy individual effort plays. Well, when you need them to to help you win hockey games, we don't have that, and we don't have the goaltending. We have AHL level goaltending. You know, 
you know, Dustin Kaczkowski can sporadically here and there maybe give you a good game, and you hope that you can get a win from him and steal a win. But he's just not that goalie. He's not, you know. He's really you can't not. Ex- you can't expect Craig Anderson to come back to come back and be that guy. You know, if and when the guy does come back, because we thought he'd be back by now. So, you know, I don't know what uh, what these fans expect out of a team, out of a roster that was brought in to be a rebuild team. You know, you want to win games. You want to be competitive. You don't want to finish in the basement. But that's what this is. It's the beginning of a rebuild. And you look at this roster, the names on this roster, and, you, you know, you can't sit there and boo players because they have an off night. Well, like, they've got <laughs> – who had? Who is having a good night? Joker didn't have a good night. Ag didn't have a good night. You know, Colin Miller didn't have a good night. None of them had a good night. It's just you're spotlighting 26 already because he's the franchise defenseman, the franchise player on this roster right now. And I just don't want to see us go through this vicious circle again. We did it with O'Reilly. We did it with Eichel. And now we're going to do a Darlene? Like, come on, guys. Get over yourselves. Do you hate talent? Do you hate good hockey players? It f- drives me fucking nuts, man. Yeah, people need hobbies. I don't know what it is. Again, I really think it's just yeah, Thank the goaltending the goaltending is an absolute nightmare. It's it's grim. I mean, we we could woulda coulda shit all night, but that absolutely during that fucking goaltending gold rush two off seasons ago, somebody any fucking buddy could have been acquired. And we just we sat with Allmark and all of our fall, all of our various yep. fallbacks. That's, Carter Hutton, that's, who you know is uh, definitely living up to his contract. Would yeah. Like, is he is he even making seven hundred and fifty thousand? I don't even I don't know. know. I don't know if that should be allowed. He might be making a mill. I don't know. No, I, no, I, uh, he's, he's he's making the league minimum and is he? I, I well well sure. deserved. But he's also on the injured reserve right now. Yeah, so. I I just you know he's honestly doing a better job there. Yeah, it, it's. It, for for me, it's just like, you know, that right there. I mean, that's probably one of Kevin Adams' few downfalls was not, you know, addressing the goaltending situation and just assuming that you were going to have uh, Linus Olmark was going to stay true to his word and possibly resign with you. Uh, you know, that was probably one of the few mistakes you did, you did make as, as, in the beginning as a general manager. Uh, you know, because hockey is a business. You don't trust players at their words. I don't care what player it is. I don't yeah. care. Yeah, if they're telling you that, maybe uh, you know, extend him for a couple extra years. I think he really... was. In the, I think he was in the process of having a kid too at the time. Like he didn't want to get. You know, he he wasn't going to be honest with you and be like, oh yeah, you know, you know, I'm probably going to go to free agency. No, no, he want he doesn't want to uproot his life in the middle of having a, a child. You know, being a new dad, a yeah, new husband. That's fair. You know, he he wants to have all his ducks in a row and doing that have time, and not have to leave his family. Like you can't, you, you can't take players at their word. I'm sorry. I don't care how much you like them. It's a business, and when your business involves, you could, you know, with a snap of a finger, have to uproot your life from one city to another. Whether you're going from one state, one state over, or you know, 15 states over to the other side of the country, like you know, or to another over, country, or another country. Yeah, you know, it's you know, it's entirely you possible. It is, you know, and I, that's why I don't trust players at their word. I just don't. Uh, just don't give up and at least put an effort. That's what's important for the season, my eyes. By the way, UPL has been good this season, too, in Rochester. He has been good. Um, I still wouldn't really test him up at the NHL until, like, the end of the season. Nah, just, that's th- that's oh. throwing him to the wolves. Bring yeah. up Hauser instead. Yeah. But I, let the legend of Hauser continue. Yeah. yeah. Same no, with Quinn, Hauser. same with Preb, same with Paterka. 
Same with power. Leave them all the fuck alone. Let mm-hmm. them dominate where they're dominating. Yep. Don't don't them bring go. them up into this right now. It's it's not gonna no. it's not gonna do anything good for them. We did it last year with UPL, who already had injury issues to begin with. He got hurt at the end of the season, and you just don't want to do that to the kid again and fuck with his confidence. And like I said, everyone knows my feelings about who the next goaltender of this team is. Uh, it's he's still a few years away. Uh, but with that being said, Steve, uh, any final thoughts uh, before we uh, head out here? Uh, final thoughts again. Uh, the rest of the games this week for the Sabers are going to be tough. Uh, definitely, those uh, we're going to make a statement games that last week was supposed to be just by virtue of how many games we had in a given week. But these are those teams with that elite talent that we just don't have, and seeing how well we measure up. Uh, <laughs> that's going to be a very important thing to see, you know, just hope. And, you know, hopefully if they get their asses handed to them, they learn something, you know, they see, you know, they go back to the tape the next night and they go, how do these people just, you know, deke me out of my shorts? How do they tie my sh- skate laces together while I wasn't even looking? How did they do that? And then learn from it. You're, you're not wrong. I, what's the one, what's the one quote? from um is it the dark night uh the uh what is it uh the da the oh god what is it the there was near the dawn is always the, the it's always darkest before the dawn yeah it's always darkest before the dawn uh you know in order in order to succeed you have to struggle and go through pain um that's how you learn how that's how you learn to be great right that's how you learn to be good is through pain and through struggle. And that's what this team mm-hmm. is doing right now. The dawn is always darkest. Wait. Oh God. I can't remember what it is. The night is always darkest, darkest before, before the, dawn. the dawn. Yes, that is the night is always darkest before the dawn. So, you know, essentially there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Just, you know, keep going down this road of development, keep going down, doing what we're doing. And this is the right way to build this hockey team. This is the right way to build a, a successful hockey team. You got to go out there and you have to let these kids struggle and go, go through growing pains and keep them under one system, under one coach and let them learn and build together as a team. That is the only way you're going to get this done the right way. You know, that's, you know, that's just, that's how it's done. So with that guys, I will hang up and listen. Remember this is brought to you by outlet liquor, the place to buy a case uh, over there in George urban. Uh, definitely get over there for all your game day game night uh needs uh where i always go whenever i have to uh get some adult beverages whenever i head over to studio d uh or my buddy uh uh greg days uh for a hockey or hockey a sabers game or a bills game you know whatever it might be so get over there uh don't haste buy a case the place to buy a case uh outlet liquor so uh before that guys like i said before it's not all doom and gloom in buffalo agreed uh with that Steve, I will hang up and listen. And I got three words for everybody. Let's go Sabres. Hey, everybody. This is Dwayne from Two Goalies, One Mike here to remind you that after you get done listening to the episode, which I hope you loved it and I hope you enjoyed it, please be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you are using Apple Podcasts, 
do me a favor. Please be sure to leave us a five-star review. And of course, write us a review. It goes a long way in getting us noticed and getting us some kind of recognition in this world of podcasting. It goes such a long way. And obviously, if you're watching on YouTube, at two goalies, one mic, hammer that subscribe button, leave us some comments, show us some love with some likes. Again, it goes a long way and we really appreciate your love and support to those of you who have been with us since episode one. Thanks for sticking with us for this long. For those of you who are jumping on the bandwagon right now, I promise you, you will not be disappointed. We have a season of guests that are going to blow you away. Uh, This year for hockey is going to be big with them going to ESPN, TNT. We've already seen how great it's been just you know, they just got done with the first two nights of the season. It's been phenomenal. We get Gretzky back, Gretzky and Barkley. It's it's phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. So we are going to have so much to talk about this year. Thanks for hopping on with us. Thanks for listening to this episode, and we will talk to you soon. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.